welcome to PwC IFRS Talks, your source of all things IFRS, technical accounting matters, business issues, current standard setting and regulatory updates. I'm your host, Ruth Preedy. In today's episode, we've got a lovely episode where we celebrate the life and times of the lovely Sandra Thompson. And obviously, to help me through that, who better do it than Sandra Thompson? Welcome back, Sandra. Thank you, Ruth. So it's very exciting. You retire from PwC. Actually, we're recording this on the 29th. So tomorrow, the 30th of June. So this is your last podcast, Sandra. It is indeed. I've got that sense of nostalgia and sometimes I'll miss. We've had such good conversations about so many things over the years. So um, I will miss this. Yes, definitely. I know. You saw the birth of IFRS Talks. We're now on like episode 90 or something. I think I'm going to buy a cake for the 100th episode and eat it all to myself. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't even bring it in the office. <laughs> so my home office, I'm sure my kids will help me. <laughs> So anyway, let's hear about you. So starting off, and I don't know this, how long have you worked at PwC and how did you end up in the lovely world of technical accounting? Oh, um, let's start with the first. So I've been at PwC for 15 years. So no, I'm not a born and bred PwC person. Not a lifer. I'm not a lifer. No, I actually started my training with Anderson and I did at least, um, I worked for three other organisations before finally finding a home at PwC. How I ended up in technical accounting I'm tempted to say by accident. Um, so, I, so I did my training with Anderson, started off in audit and realised about six months in, I really, really did not like audit. And I, was, I volunteered to do quite a small job at the time in our, in our mergers and acquisitions group. Um, and it was for a client that was looking to do a cross-border acquisition in Europe and wanted to find out about all the different gaps there were in Europe. Because at that point we had French gap and German gap and Spanish gap. You know, every country had its own gap. There was no IFRS in Europe. Um, and I actually really enjoyed it. So I ended up staying with that group um, and then got into some of the structured finance stuff they were doing to help clients who were structuring the finance for transactions and just say really liked it. And then shortly after I qualified, I saw an ad for a job in a, a, a UK, someone like the UK son of the accounting world, something called Accountancy Age, for a job at the new accounting regulator at the time, the new UK accounting regulator called the Accounting Standards Board. That just sounded interesting. I was technically underqualified, but I thought this is worth a shot. And I got it. And I moved to the Accounting Standards Board working for a certain professor, David Tweedy. And then wow. this history. Amazing. That's so exciting. We're gonna I'm gonna ask you about the accounting standards board a bit later. What um I I reckon I can guess this, but let's see if I'm right or wrong. What do you, what's your favorite accounting standard and why? Um well I'm gonna cheat a bit because it's not an IFRS, it's something oh. called an FRS. So when I was at the UK's accounting standards board, we yeah. issued the FRS's financial reporting standard. Um, my favorite is number four, which was called reporting the substance of transactions. And I think it's my favourite, partly because it's short. It's very principles-based, so it's hard for clever people to structure around it. And it's all about communicating what's really going on. And I guess I also like it, to be honest, because I wrote it. Um, so <laughs> it, it was the first of, of some Must years. In, yeah, it was the first of some years in standard setting that I really enjoyed. So it's not an our financial instrument standard. It's FRS4, reporting the substance of transactions. Wow, I definitely was going to say, so people that are listening, if you don't know, Sandra is obviously retiring from our global financial instruments leader. So I just decided that IFRS 9 would be your favourite there, Sandra. I got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so other than that, or that might be the answer, but what are you most proud of during your career as an accountant? Oh, that's a good question. And I think kind of loads. I think I've been incredibly fortunate. I've done some great jobs and worked with some super people, but perhaps some some standouts. I think I've really enjoyed seeing other people grow and step up. I love seeing people realise their potential and move on. I remember one person who worked to me when she left and, and went to another role, she sent me a little card that says, I can't believe you made me do that, but it was really good. <laughs> and I love those moments. I've loved being part of the Financial Instruments Global Accounting Network in PwC. I've loved, I hope I've kind of nurtured it and looked after it in my time. And I hope to pass it on to my successors, Marie and Scott, you've probably heard on it in very good shape. I think I was quite proud. I was the first female partner in PwC to actually become a partner when I was working part-time. That was a first for PwC. That's amazing. Which in these ages of diversity seems quite amazing, but at the time was quite a big step. So I'm I'm proud to have been a first, if you like, and helped increase our diversity. And I think the other thing is I, I led our communications strategy for a while. And I'm I'm kind of proud of the changes we made there. So these podcasts are part of that, but we've done more YouTube videos and webcasts. Um, I hope our our communications is now much easier to read. It looks much more attractive on the eye. And I think when we got into COVID-19 and we could rapidly produce all kinds of content for different audiences, I thought, yes, this is working now. So proud of that, I think. Brilliant. I absolutely love the part-time one, Sandra. That's fantastic. Thank you. Okay, so you mentioned earlier you worked at the ASB. Mm. You might have already answered this, but what's the favourite thing you worked on? Was it FRS4? Did I get that right? Yeah, when I was at the ASB, but I didn't only work at the ASB. So after the ASB, I had um, a role back at Anderson's actually doing something completely different. And then I actually had a career break when my children were about to start school. And towards the end of that time, I was approached by the same Sir David Tweedy, um, who at that point had moved to the IASB, the International Accounting oh, Standards Board. At the point, yeah, but at the point, it was really big beginning to come a force. So up to that time, the ISB had been really for, for a few fairly small territories. But Europe had decided to move to IFRS. And in the run up to that, they wanted some improvements to some of the pre-existing IFRSs. Um, and they had David Tweedy was appointed to do that and set up a much bigger, much more dynamic global ISB. And he approached me to, to say, um, would you join me? And he particularly said, you know, that standard called IS39 that you never liked. <laughs> well, here is your chance <laughs> like to, to lead the team that might improve it. Here's your, here's your opportunity. opportunity <laughs> to make your mark on that standard you never liked. So I took him up on this and I ran the financial instruments team at the ISB for five years and did my best to improve IS39. And then I moved to PwC. And I remember the first few years when I was at PwC, when we were getting to grips with IS39, I think I spent quite a bit of my time saying, you know, I didn't write IS39. I only tried to improve it. (laughs) (laughs) You were blamed for everything. (laughs) Oh, wow. So you were both standard setters. I didn't realise that. That's amazing. And Obviously, one of the things we do in technical accounting is we work through like a technical accounting problem. So someone comes to us with an issue and we have to work through uh, what the answer might be. How Have you got any tips of how you go about doing that? Like you're so logical and come up with such a clear answer. Like if you're giving people tips, what would you say to do? Oh, probably three things, I think. The first thing I do is to start with the transaction, the commercial rationale, not start with um, you know, the technical accounting literature, if you like. So to try and look out for the big issues, 
work out what's really going on rather than getting bogged down in the detail of paragraph, you know, ABC says X. I think the second tip I have is to try and remember the end game. What are we really here for? And to me, it's to communicate to investors. So I sometimes take a step back and think, well, how would I explain this to my granny? Um, does it pass the how could I tell my granny this test? And I think the third thing is to think about the how as well as the what. So, you know, where's the client and management coming from? Why does this matter to them? What situation is that is the engagement team in? Try and put myself in their shoes and feel some of their pain and some of their stress, because I think that's been really helpful in trying to reach a solution and working out the best way forward. So those are my three tips. That's brilliant. Thank you. And then the other coming to another thing we do of uh, various degrees of joy is financial statement reviews. If you had sort of a killer question or killer thing you look out for in a financial statement review, what would it be? Two things. So one, I think, is does it tell the story? So, you know, I probably know something about the client and what's gone on. Do I get that from reading the financial statements? And indeed, if I picked up these financial statements and didn't know the company's name, would I have any clue who they were about? But the second one is when I've looked at you know, what's there is to take a step back and think, well, what's not there? What's missing that I would expect to be here? So those are my two key questions, if you like. That's brilliant. Thank you. I'm learning lots as we uh, go through this. <laughs> OK, so it, it's t- looking at standard setting again. Obviously, you've been really at the forefront of some of this. What do you think is the single biggest change you've seen in standard setting during your career? Um, I think it's undoubtedly the move to IFRS as being basically pretty much the globally accepted standard in in the vast majority of the world now. And indeed, when I look back to my days in Anderson and that first role I had, when I think I tried to put together the accounting under 30 different gaps, wow. and it was horrendous. And then you had to try <laughs> and make the, you know, the tax and everything else work and the regulatory capital work as well. We now, not completely consistent, but pretty much a consistent accounting language in, in the vast majority of the world. So I think that's definitely the biggest change. I think that's come at a cost, to be honest. I think standards have got longer more complicated. They take longer to produce. Um, There has to be more due process and they've probably got more, the whole process has got more political. But nevertheless, I think on balance, it has to be a good thing that we now have much more of a global language of accounting. That's amazing. And um, what are you most going to miss when you, uh, about your role when you go into retirement? I mean, that's easy. It's the people. (laughs) I think we have a fantastic network. I've worked with some great people they're passionate. Who else am I going to have long debates about accounting? With? <laughs> Certainly not my husband. Um, but they're intelligent. I can still ring you up, Sandra. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we've got people who are intelligent. They're motivated, and they're always willing to help both me and others in the network. Um, we have a very diverse group, and we make it fun. So it's the people, definitely. Brilliant. And so, what are you going to do next? Come the first of July, what does Sandra Thompson do when she gets up in the morning? Oh, it's all down here from here. In fact, the first day, well, I am actually planning to get up in the morning because a group of some friends are going walking for the day. Good. But what do I do from here? So the first thing I think is a break and a rest. The last few months with COVID-19 for so many of us have been quite full on. Um, I am fortunate enough to have booked two holidays before lockdown in the UK that are actually going to happen. Brilliant. my my first full week, we will actually be on holiday, which is amazing. Um, how lucky were we to book a holiday yeah. just, as, just as we could go? And indeed, we are going. And then after that, I've got some plans and then I've got some space and see what crops up. I have been doing some coaching roles, both within PwC and externally, 
that I will carry on and I'd, I'd like to build up. I really say I love seeing people develop and flourish. So I want to do more of that. I've been doing a little bit more with a charity locally that goes into secondary schools. So I'll do a bit more of that. And then I'm I'm kind of open office and see what comes along, really. Yeah, brilliant. And enjoy lovely long walks and time with your family. Yes. Well, the other thing name. I actually would love to do is join a choir. But because of lockdown, singing is one of the, the best ways to spread the virus. So that one might wow. have to go on hold for a while. We'll hold that one for a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Sandra. You've been a delight on all of our podcasts. You're always so clear and interesting to listen to. And that was great. It was nice to hear about everything you've achieved and well, longer, we're you. all going to miss you well so. thank you Ruth it's been great fun and I think they're great podcasts I might even listen to one or two when I'm out yes. walking sometimes come on I said to <laughs> Tony he, you can now write it be those people that write into the IFRIC on your own opinions <laughs> on things I, yes. I love that I'm definitely going to do that when I retire I'm very <laughs> angry about this standard <laughs> oh well thank you very much and to all our listeners thank you for listening stay safe and happy accounting the preceding programme was brought to you by PricewaterhouseCoopers LLP. This content is for general information purposes and is not a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.